Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. All right, welcome back. We are live for another episode of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and I have an amazing treat for you all today. Eric Sue, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I am so happy to have you here. So I know that your marketing agency obviously has helped some of the biggest names in the world dial in their strategy online. You obviously also host one of the top podcasts really in the world with Neil Patel. Um, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. I would love for you to start off a little bit about how did you get into this space? How did you get into the work that you're doing right now and why? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I was the going into college a little bit, the, the ultimate failure. So I almost got kicked out of college, almost got kicked out of high school because I didn't want to go to this required class my senior year. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, I was fired twice. Um, so that, that was my career and um, was lost. And, and you know, I was working a dead end job coming out of college. And my friend said, hey, you should check out this digital marketing thing. Um, so started studying and then uh, got a, got an internship really quickly in the next two years or so, just kept rising up the ranks. And then when I was 25 or 26, um, ended up working at a, as a VP of marketing for an online education startup. Um, that company were able to turn that around. And then Neil had asked me to come help save this agency called Single Grain because the, you know, the, the work that we're doing was no longer relevant and didn't work anymore um, because of Google's algorithm updates. And mm. so I said, I'm not really interested in working for an agency. It's a services business. It's not very scalable. Like I come from the tech world. I thought I was, you know, yeah. amazing. Um, yes. But I thought the challenge, there's a, there's an asymmetrical bet here, meaning that if I were to help make it successful, the payout would be amazing. And I could use those cash flows and go find other exponential sources of revenue or more durable sources of revenue. Um, and then if I failed, I would really not lose much, right? Um, and so I decided to do it. And then six months into it, um, Neil and then the other partners decided that they wanted out. And um, I was able to pick up the company for $2 out of pocket. Um, and then I promptly caused the company to tank <laughs> even more when I took it over. So. I love it. Okay. So you, you take over the company, you tank it, and then what happens? Yeah. So, I mean, here's the funny story around tanking. I read this book called Let My People Go Surfing from the Patagonia co-founder. And it's like, yeah, you know, let your people go, let them do their thing. I let my people go surfing. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So first time yeah. leader, no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be the overbearing boss. I'm just going to let people do their thing. And you know what happens? We drop all the way down to one employee. People were coming into the office in just really casual clothes, eating chips, watching Family Guy. And so, um, you know, that's what happened there. And then your question was? Oh, then what? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, sorry. So that's what happened. And so then um, basically we were able to... Um, we started referring all the leads out um, and we started okay. getting affiliate commissions on it. So that was kind of the the interim thing. And then we realized okay. that a lot of these agencies we refer to leads out to were um, unable to retain the clients. Uh, we were talking about retention a little earlier when you were on my yeah. podcast. And, um, you know, from there, we're like, okay, we need to hire. So we basically converted the SEO agency into a paid media agency. And then that kept growing. Um, and then we, we, we started growing that. And then um, eventually we, at that point, we never looked back. And then now we've been able to realize the vision behind investing in other businesses. We have a software company 
and uh, we're building an entire ecosystem around marketing. We've built the audiences, but um, that that year after was probably one of the toughest times. So yeah, I, I can imagine. The learning leadership is incredibly challenging, right? And and most people don't realize that it it truly is a set of skills and it takes time to cultivate those skills. So when you first took over, you let your people go. They went surfing, they ate chips, they watched Family Guy, right? Um, And then obviously you learned a lesson about leadership. And when you converted into the, the leader that you are today, as that process happened over the years, what are some of the things that you would say are the attributes that you really aspire to make who you are and how you lead as you're building this ecosystem that you're creating with this family of companies now? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, trust but verify is probably one of the most important ones. comes from Ronald Reagan. Um, Definitely trust your people, but you want to double check, right? Especially if it's a very high risk type of maneuver. So in some scenarios where I hire CEOs, um, you know, you definitely want to be on top of it for the probably first 60 to 90 days. It's not just, Mm -hmm. hey, they've done it. Go let them do their thing because there's a lot of nuances to that. Um, I think another one would be patience. I think it's very easy to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 25. Just understanding that people have been doing it longer and they're all on a different journey than you. You don't need to stress over that. Um, and probably the most important one I got from my coach recently, I actually got this little turtle over here from Puerto Rico, um, is to slow down. So naturally I talk fast and I've tried to slow down. I also move at a different pace, obviously, cause I'm incentivized to, because I have a, a big chunk of equity for everything. Yes. Um, and I've seen in our employee engagement reviews in, in some companies that some people always say, Eric moves at his own pace. Like it's hard to keep up with him. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the, sometimes you see that as a consensus, um, and so slowing down your mind, taking time to, you know, go think, right? That that my Fridays yeah. are completely blocked out now where I just think. There's no yeah. like calendars stacked yeah. on top of this. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. I needed everybody to hear that. And and it's so important because usually when we start leading, we we do do leadership wrong. All of us have a story about that. When I started leading, I was totally impatient. My expectations were up here. My expectations were overnight up here. I was, you know, 22 years old. I was like, why isn't everyone like this with me, right? Turned everybody over, right? I kind of had a similar story to you just on the opposite end. Um, But I think, you know, and, and I really pride myself now on being a great leader and I constantly work to get better. And I love hearing from your perspective, like what, that building process has looked like of the things that you've learned and the things that you've, you know, gotten feedback on. I love that you shared that you're, you know, getting that consensus from employees and getting that feedback. I actually just did a management survey, you know, to my team and I got so much value, so much value out of asking questions that we don't discuss in everyday life and then really taking the time to assess their answers. And we made a whole bunch of decisions and changes and improvements because of it. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I think for everybody listening, that's something to think about in the way that you're leading. It's so easy when you have your agenda as the CEO or as the leader you, you have your agenda and you're only thinking about what you are trying to accomplish with everyone else, but you're not maybe thinking about what their perspective in receiving that agenda is and how you need to alter the way that you're presenting in order for them to excitedly get on board with that. Right. Yep. I, I, one thing I'll say Kelly too, is it, it's, you know, the, the, 
cliche or platitude is, yeah, you have to make sure you listen. And definitely as a leader, because most people aren't willing to give you that feedback. Yeah. And so one of the most helpful questions I find myself asking a lot of team members is, hey, you know, you're doing a great job right now. Um, what's something you're super uncomfortable to tell to my face? And sometimes you'll get the raw emotion just comes out. You can tell they've been holding something back and boom, and I'm, and I'm listening. And then at that point, they realize I actually listen. And I'm like, give me more, right? Give yeah. me more value because this is gold to me. Like, I don't, I don't think it's painful at all. So. It is gold. It's so true. Oh my gosh. I always say like, because we, we send out surveys to our customers a lot and I always like say, I hold my breath and I like steady myself before I read them. But I'm always so excited because we get so much ideas and inspiration and it's just getting in a state of being ready to receive ready to take action, ready to learn and grow. So that was really good. I would love for you to talk a little bit about your philosophy on uh, the, the companies that you are investing in. So you're investing in other companies, you're building this ecosystem. Um, talk to me a little bit about like how that came about. And then, you know, also like as you're going to do that today, like what does your process look like? What are you evaluating? You know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So Earlier, I mentioned asymmetric upside. So that was actually when I took the company over when the four people wanted out. And um, again, the bet was because I come from a gambling background, playing poker, right? <laughs> so it's to me, it's like, oh, okay, I have, I can 10x or 100x this. And again, if I fail, I'm not going to lose much. Um, and so this was all learned along the way. And so it wasn't mm -hmm. like I knew this immediately coming into yeah. it. That was the initial bet. But you know, me joining peer groups, and I'm sure you're in other peer groups as well, mm -hmm. um, you know, joining uh, entrepreneurs organization when I was 26 or 27 years old, learning so much that I didn't know what I didn't know, pulling from other people's ideas, talking to amazing people way further than I was, um, and then joining, eventually joining YPO and learning from, you know, more amazing people, yeah. um, super, super powerful. And, you know, a lot of my close friends right now, that's how they think of it. They think of themselves as a portfolio entrepreneur where, Sure, you can build equity in a business that that's one of the best ways. But um, one of the other best ways is to just buy other stuff that fits in because there's four forms of leverage. You have code, capital, media, and labor. Mm -hmm. Media is, is one of the hardest to build. And that's very much what you've done. And that's what we've done in the marketing world. But I, I can shift over to one of my other buddies. He just focuses in the pet world, right? He just acquires mm -hmm. other pet businesses. Uh -huh. My other friend just focuses in the WordPress world. So these are ideas I get through osmosis. I won't pretend I'm the smartest person. I just like to listen. Yeah. Um, and that causes me to think about, okay, now what tends to fit in? Like, so, you know, we got the podcast, we get good traffic on our blog, the email list and all that. Well, my audience happens to be people that are in SEO and content marketing. So I should just focus on that. So right now I'm trying to buy, you know, even though I don't like services businesses, I'm trying to buy one in the UK um, because it fits in well with our software ClickFlow. Yeah. And I'm also trying to buy, I was trying to buy another SEO software company doing a couple million a year. Um, so, but it has to fit in with my circle of competence. That's the key thing. Yeah. So I don't try to do all these different things because focus obviously is, is number one. Yeah. So there's an interconnectivity between each and you're leveraging the knowledge that you have to just look at different ways that you can serve this audience that you've created, these people that are already a part of your ecosystem, right? Correct. Yep. Love it. Love it. So talk to me about your and Neil's relationship. So did you, so he was one of the people that wanted to get out, right? Of this business, right? And and then you stayed in and then you and him just build a friendship or how did you, you know, partner? And then what does your partnership look like today? I mean, obviously you run the show together. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So when I was about 25 or 26, I was reading this blog called Quick Sprout. It was 
he now no longer owns that blog, but um, he would write a lot of random things and he would just make up words sometimes like, you know, yeah. new marketing phrases. And so uh, one time he wrote something and I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. So I emailed him and then he responded. I'm like, oh, he responds. So I just kept doubling down on that. So this yeah. is not so replicable for people, I think, because it's a weird way the relationship started. Because usually yeah. if a person keeps pestering you, you probably ghost the person. But he took yeah. it a level up. He's like, let's just get on the phone. I'm like, why does he want to get on the phone? But I'll do it. So we get on the phone and then then he levels it up even more. And we end up going to Taco Bell um, and, and meeting in person. So it started up very much as a type of mentor relationship. Um, but over the years, it's growing into, grown into a partnership as I've continued to build leverage. And obviously, he yeah. has his leverage. Um, so the deal with the agency at the time was he was like, Eric, there's no brand equity here. There's nothing here. You yeah. should get out. He was watching out for me as a friend. Yes. Um, yes. And I said, you know what? Give me a shot. I'm going to try it. And so he's like, okay, here, you can buy my shares for a dollar. And um, he saw it turn around. And now he has his other agencies. He's got like five offices worldwide and they're doing really well right now. And they're, they're uh -huh. growing at a really fast pace. Um, and so we don't really see each other as competitors. It's more so we just, I, yeah. I think it's more so like we see each other as brothers. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the best things that I've found as you get to the higher levels. And I, I really see this in my circle now. There's just so much more focus on collaboration than there is on competition. And I feel like that's something at the bottom levels, it's very hard for people to see that or understand that. But as you grow, you recognize that there is unique brand differentiation and there is a specialization in the niche and there is a differentiation in you know you versus me and how we approach things it's going to attract different people regardless and those collaborations are so so powerful i do want to circle back to taco bell so why <laughs> why taco bell yeah so i mean back in the day he had this about page uh and, and it, it talked about how he loves taco bell neither of us eat like that anymore we're both really healthy now in terms of okay. our diet um, okay, but okay. all about gorditas that type of stuff so yeah that's hilarious okay so i want to talk about what you are most excited about right now in terms of where you're going with your businesses and like what you're seeing is working in the market. Like everybody kind of has their thing, like in any moment that they're like, yes, I'm fired up. This is what's working for me right now. What is that for you right now? Yeah. I mean, do we want to talk about long-term or kind of short-term? Let's, let's touch on both. Let's talk okay. short-term, long-term. Cool. So short term, I mean, I was just, um, I kind of hinted at it a little earlier. Last week, I was in the Clubhouse app for 28 hours or so. Um, and it's like, I'm trying to unjustify spending that time, but it just makes all the sense in the world. Because to me, it's building relationships at scale. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I'm on a podcast tour for my book right now. And that's why we're on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I got booked on 25 of them just hanging out in Clubhouse and talking the last couple of weeks. And these are legit podcasts. And the, the relationships that I built with people, some people follow me, maybe I follow them, we just never connected. Um, but that's, I mean, once you have little micro touch points like this, it's going to lead to other stuff. And yeah. so to me, you know, if creating content is one of the highest forms of leverage in terms of deal flow, yeah. or building relationships, I should just keep doing that. And I'm also using it for recruiting too. I've talked to some amazing people yeah. that I'll probably bring on. And I'm just like, wow, this is a big arbitrage right now that people aren't thinking about. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm very excited about, uh, I continue to be excited about LinkedIn's organic reach and um, you know, TikTok has potential too. So we're, we're gonna be trying to repurpose a lot of the video content we have to chop up for these different channels too. So we're hiring more video editors. So I'm, I'm excited about that. 
Yes, yes. Us as well, for sure. I, I love what you're saying about Clubhouse and I agree. I'm always like a huge resistor. Like I think I was the last business owner on the planet to get on Instagram. And then a month, within a month of getting on, we were like, oh my gosh, we're idiots. We're like generating leads, we're closing sales. But we actually did jump on Clubhouse, you know, the, these last couple of weeks and we saw immediately leads coming in, exposure to new people, people that had never heard of the brand knew nothing about us, people reaching out for speaking engagements, people joining our launch. So I agree with you. It's really interesting. I, I think obviously you have to have an intention, right? You have to have an intention and, and be smart about it. But it is it is a very interesting thing how it's just immediately immersing you in this audience and exposure to people that, you know, it's like your circle is your circle, but like it, it kind of points you over here and it exposes you to a whole new circle that knew nothing about you, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I, my, my bet right now is that um, it's a feature that will be copied because when you Twitter yeah. spaces is, is already copying it. When you think about yeah. Google and Facebook, their job is to, you know, get, get more, um, get more data to, to data points for advertisers. Right. So yeah. that's something that's a little concerning. I think clubhouse needs to grow very quickly. I think it's a land grab right now, but yeah. so that's the short term, but um, long term, I'm most excited about, well, is this right here. So yes. that's coming out um, in in February. I think, you know, if you were to ask me a couple of years ago, what's your mission? What's your vision? I would say, I don't know. Like that, that's a bunch of baloney, right? Um, but now I, I realized, you know, if, if I had nothing right now, I, I just would enjoy teaching and learning. As mm -hmm. I, so I do teach at, you know, local colleges here, kind of pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my mission is to level up the world. And so yeah. how does that apply to all the things I'm doing right now? Well, um, you know, if you think about the stuff we got going on, sure, we level up marketing businesses because that's what we got. Yeah. Uh, we have a marketing audience. We got marketing businesses. And I'm just going to continue to build this product studio is what we call it. Um, but long term, you know, if we think about what's going on with the economy right now, people are going to need, need to be reskilled. They're going to have to come to programs like yours. People are going to yeah. have to learn marketing from scratch. Um, and then the, the, the plan is to take those people, run them through a boot camp, which makes sense to run them through the agency. The agency yeah. will be a vessel and they, they can either go to our portfolio companies or um, we can help other companies recruit great marketers and we'll just collect a fee there. So that, that's a yeah. full funnel kind of marketing school right there. So funny because we're doing something like that, but in a completely different capacity, but it's so smart. It's so, so smart. Okay. I love this. So hold the book up again. Let's just let everybody see it here on camera. Those that are watching the video. Okay, you guys have to get Eric's book. What is the, do you have a separate website for the book? Where 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 can people get their copy or pre-order it at least if they hear this? Yeah. Thing? I mean, they can go to levelingup.com. So I um, was lucky to pick up that domain. So yeah. Yes, definitely. No, that's amazing. And so it's really, you're helping people understand what business are you really in, right? And and how do you show up in the world and, and how do you, you know, bring that forth? Do you want to pick maybe one or two of the chapters and just give like a tiny little snippet of like something that they might get out of one or one or two of the chapters in the book? Yeah, totally. And Kelly, let me just ask you a question. Um, so you, you have children, right? Yes, Madison. Madison. And how, how old is she? She's six and a half. Six and a half. Does, does she play any sports or games? Yes, she does gymnastics and dance and soccer and all the things. Yes. Cool. So the entire thesis here is that um, whether it's sports or video games, um, they they help create leaders, right? So gaming creates yeah. leaders because um, that's exactly what I did growing up. I was um, that's the only thing I excelled at, you know, going into yeah. college. And so, 
you know, the, the, the key thing here to think about too, is that life is about going around collecting power-ups, right? Whether it's habits or mental models or whatever, you're just trying to get 1% better every single day. And uh, one of the chapters that sticks out to me is it's called thievery. And so people don't like the, the idea of the concept of copying people, but you know, at the end of the day, when you think about what Steve Jobs said, everything in life is a remix. And so they stole from Xerox, they stole the mouse, they stole the graphical user interface. So there's nothing wrong with stealing ethically, right? You know, great artists steal. And mm-hmm. so um, it's just, there's a negative, there's like a negative connotation around it. But if you if you just think about it, we're all building on the shoulders of yes. Titans, right? Yeah. So whether it's you're building a coaching program or whatever, we're, we're drawing, we're learning from people. So there's nothing wrong with that. And mm-hmm. I remember I actually won a championship um, at, when I was like 12 years old. I remember that moment where I kept getting demolished in preliminaries. And then when I copied someone, I got lucky with, with timing. I copied someone's tactics and I just swept everyone else. And I won the I championship because I copied. So. That's great. That's great. Well, they say that's that's one of the biggest things with influence is that people have to model others' behavior. They have to literally copy. That's how, that, and, and actually it's so funny because this is why so many kids struggle in school because most people learn through copying, through modeling, but in school, you have nothing to model, right? You're sitting in a textbook, right? So that is, that's an awesome, awesome concept. And I think that it sounds like the book will really spur creative thinking, right? Looking at things through a totally new lens, thinking so much bigger, right? What, what else? Sure. Maybe like one other big tip from the book and then we'll send it that their copy. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's one around um, the concept of success, right? So if you think of success like a sphere, so success is on all the edges, and but you start in the middle. If you keep, you can, if you go in one direction, you're probably going to get there faster. You will reach success. But if you keep changing directions, like, oh, I want to try to start this business. Oh, this looks amazing. Shiny object here. Yeah. And then, you know, here's this opportunity. Like, here's the thing. The opportunity of a lifetime comes every single year. Right. So it's more so about saying no, and then you'll reach one of the edges. That's one of the concepts in there. That's so good. That's so, so good. I absolutely love it. Eric, it was so awesome having you on the show today. I definitely want to send everyone to get their copy of the book right away and leveling up. You guys grab your copy. So awesome that you actually could get the leveling up website. That's fantastic. And let's definitely tell them a little bit about the show, either one, because you have two shows. Um, Do you want to invite them to come check out? One of those? Yeah, totally. There's a leveling up podcast with Eric Sue, my name, and it's that's more so, you know, conversations with people like Kelly. And then it's more so about um, there's short conversations with me as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Eric. It was a great, great conversation. I hope you guys all loved and enjoyed the experience and grab a copy of the book. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love to keep climbing. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale their businesses online. And thank you so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each week. Here's to our next 600 episodes together.